0: I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age by empowering and influencing 1 million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities. We can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. I am talking with TEDx speaker, bestselling author and podcast host, Jonathan Jones. You can follow him on IG at Jonathan Jones Speaks or head over to his website, jonathanjonespeaks.com. So, JJ, one of the things I'm going to ask you right at the start, because I really believe that you have your fingers on the pulse of where millennials are going and what they need to do to consistently level up. When are we going to see our first millennial president? Wow, that is
1: a great question. That is an excellent question, actually. Wow, (laughs) Oh, out of the gates. Out of the gates. Honestly, Bernard, I feel like that individual, whomever they might be, wherever they might be, I believe they're diligent working towards that mark. I may have not connected with them as of yet, but I believe they're in their respective lane doing what they need to do as far as studying and being diligent, uh, learning more about politics and learning more about the business and what is required right now. So I think it will be sooner than later, but I haven't met them yet. But when I do, I'll definitely let you know. And then I'll definitely make sure that they get an opportunity to connect with you and get on the show.
0: we Will do. we Will do. I, I like how you deflected that. You didn't put a timeline on it. <laughs> I want to know if it's in Because and here's why I ask. As we know, millennials are the largest population of income earners in our country. So to not have millennials step into their roles as leaders in local, state, and national government, are we betraying a voice that is one of the most powerful voices from a financial standpoint, and just from what we need as far as change currently in our country? Mm, wow. I feel like that, that individual is
1: working, and then I feel like that v- individual is around that area, and they're aware of these things. And they're wanting to take and stand up and be in that position. But in order to take on that position, you need that support system, as well as in order to take on that position, you need that financial backing uh, also. Awesome. So I, I feel like whoever that individual is, once again, that they're working to get that funding, as well as getting that mentorship and finding the right support system to back them. And then they can slide in that position. That's why I couldn't give you a time frame on it.
0: Right.
1: Things like that, as well as experience comes with time. And also, in order to have that individual there, you know that they'll need, I feel, multiple mentors in place to Mm -hmm. give them that support. Because oftentimes people might say, well, this individual is still at this age. So how can they tell me what Mm -hmm. needs to happen in society? How can they tell me what I need to know because I'm older than them by however many years. So that's my personal thoughts on it. That's one man's opinion, but I'm excited to see it happen whenever that
0: time does come. Okay, I love that, I love that. So I'm gonna go here. Just help us all define who millennials are, and then just touch on who millennials are not. Mm. So
1: millennials, there's a few different definition of millennials, but from my work and from just what I've seen in my own research, I define it as those born in the 1980s and then the year cuts off at about the 2000s. Wow. Now the millennials are transitioning out of college on the older side. They're out of college in the workforce. The younger side now is right around somewhere in college for the most part. But then we're in between who the baby boomers and, we're, and the generation behind us is what you call Gen X. So those would not be the millennials. Baby boomers, go to school, get the job, and then work. Because that, that's the way that was understood. And then on the back end, the Gen X or Gen Y, that's a difficult age group for me because, once again, that's not the group I necessarily specifically work with. But behind us, those are the individuals who I've sat down with the principal. And he explained, those are the ones that need choice. You offer them choice regardless I sat down with the principal, he began to tell me, even when offering snacks to this age group, you know, do you want the apples or do you want the oranges? Do you mm-hmm. wanna do your homework or do you not feel like doing it? And then they have all these options. And he began to say, even when they're at school, some of them wanna walk out of school because they're forced to be at school to a certain extent. But some of them feel, I can learn without being at school, why am I here? Mm-hmm. If I defined a millennials, I would say millennials are one of the most gifted, as well as statistics show one of the most educated generations that there is. Mm. There's a, a large potential there. And I just personally believe that for some of us, it just takes an individual to light the fire under us or for us to be encouraged and affirmed in what we love
0: doing. Right, and one of the arguments I've heard for the rise of the millennial generation was there was this debate some people from the older generation, just kind of saying that at times millennials want what they want a bit too fast. And the voice representing the millennials at the time in this conversation, she said, are you on Facebook, sir? And he was like, yeah, I'm on Facebook. And she was like, that was built by a millennial. Thank you very much. (laughs) And she was just kind of saying that if we don't pivot to the things that we're passionate about, many of the things the companies, Uh, the success that other generations get to enjoy, they wouldn't. And again, that's an unpopular view. Here's a a gentleman who had the opportunity to attend Harvard, pivoted from Harvard, started this company, grew this company with a strong team around him. And that's a millennial's viewpoint at times. I want to work in a place where my purpose is aligned with what I do. Mm -hmm. And for many generations preceding that, it was like, hey, I work. It doesn't really matter if it's aligned with my purpose. Mm -hmm. What's more important is that I am working and providing for my family. Any thoughts around that space? Definitely. I feel that in order for all of us to
1: work together, all the other generations, boomers and millennials, I think it's directly to your point that we do have to get to a point to where purpose also meets goals, but it's unified, if you will. For instance, if I'm working in your company, Bernard, I'm not saying that bend the rules for the millennials, but if I'm working in your company, your company has goals, overarching goals, and then you see I'm an entrepreneur, and you see that you know I do certain things on the weekend. If you can find a way to unite with my goals, or for instance, you're like, Jonathan, I, I see that you have a strong work ethic and I see you're really creative. Let me put you in charge of this project to where you can have the opportunity to present, to where you allow me to have buy-in in the company. Of course, I mean, you have me on a leash, but you allow me to have buy-in and you have ownership of projects and certain other tasks that might not be the biggest things, but maybe here, Jonathan, do this PowerPoint, take this technology angle, because this isn't something that I directly like to do as much, but I see that you're gifted around this arena. So here, I want you to take on this and then come back to me and then let's see what you come up with. Because that way you leverage things towards my talents as well as you get great benefit from it and you get great reward because I'm doing something that I like doing as opposed to here, take this busy work and I'll see you when you're done. And of mm-hmm. course, nobody, nobody likes to do busy work, but everybody likes to have ownership and responsibility. And I say start with little responsibilities. That way that increases the workflow, that increases the teamwork and you'll get better return. Because you're leveraging things towards people's gifts and ultimately that put them in position to even be further successful because you uh, utilize their strengths as opposed to, you know, using the weaknesses.
0: I love that. I love that you just took the time to showcase to employers how to truly unlock in their millennial workforce what that latent potential is. Again, if you're a strong presenter, speaker, very creative, very adaptive when it comes to technology, why not put you in charge of those areas? Because then your natural gifts, talents will be showcased. And I really enjoyed how you gave us a clear path and a clear picture of what that would look like in the workplace. Now I want to pivot just a bit to your speaker Your Success Tour. You know, I am talking with Jonathan Jones. He's a best-selling author and TEDx speaker, someone who really is showcasing what we can expect from our millennial leaders as they take over. And I'm I'm really respectful of your movement and the time you put in to not only master your craft, but also continue to serve at such a high level. As you give your tours around the country, what do you typically see as some of the most resonating feedback in terms of the message, in terms of the questions you're asked, and what are you helping to solve as you continue to share your gift? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Bernard, honestly, I've seen that. And I also am a firm believer that each and every one of us, if we're millennial or if we're not, each and every one of us has a unique gift. And within inside of us and in that gift, I believe sometimes we're not aware of it. So as I go and I, and I go and speak, and that's, that's one thing why I created the Speak Your Success Tour, because My mantra this year is speak your success, believe in your greatness, and create the life and businesses of your dreams. How do you do that, Jonathan? So I say speak your success. First, we have to figure out what that one thing is that we're gifted at. Then we need to speak often, more and more and more, because we affirm ourselves. We allow that to seep into our brain, seep into our heart. And then the more it seeps into our heart, into our brain, then we actually believe it. We really believe that we can do the thing that we speak or that others affirm us in and then creating the life and business of your dreams. How do you do that? If you're passionate about something, you identify what it is, then you nurture it and get others around you who nurture that as well. And then you take that action, you do the research, then you put in the work diligently in one area, and then you become like a lumberjack who's chipping away at a tree. It's gonna take some time, but eventually the tree will fall. So uh, like, like you said, the thing that I get asked about often is, well what can I do with this gift that I have? Or what is my gift? So when people ask me that, I love challenging them. I say, well, I think you should first look at yourself. And sometimes that can be difficult because people can look and say, I don't know what my gift is. And oftentimes we're talented in certain areas that we're unconscious to. Because for us, we just brush it off. We think this isn't that great, or I might speak okay, but Bernard is a great presenter. Or I might do this well, but Bernard does this better. It's not about what Bernard does. It's not about what Jonathan does. You don't compare your gift to anybody else's because it's uniquely yours. But then we asked a few people around us, you know, what do we do well? And they affirm us and what that gift is. They share with us. And then we began to clearly see it. And then we have two options. We can even take that gift and utilize it, nurture it, read about it, research about it, and then go put in the work with it. Or we can continue to dumb it down and sit on our purpose, if you will. Hmm. Because I believe that we can use our gift to either leverage it in order for a service or we can leverage it to monetize. But I feel like there's always an option. And as humans, we have choices. So we have to make the choice if we want to put in the work or we can just continue to sit on our gift and we can be our biggest regret, which I think is extremely dangerous.
0: Wow, that was deep. Don't sit on your gift because truthfully one you're stealing from the world, Mm. then that unused gift can become almost a ticking time bomb in your life when you're just dissatisfied with a lot of the places and things that you find yourself doing. I think you've made that very clear. Now I wanna talk about process 14 surprisingly simple behaviors Mm -hmm. to skyrocket millennials to success. Now this is your best selling book and when you started the process of building this book project and crafting this story, what were you going through in your life that made you know that this was a very unique vision that not just millennials, but people needed to be exposed to, to unlock, again, their process?
1: Well, Bernard, when, when I was going through the book writing process and working on this project, one thing I began to take into account, well, first, I, I, well, let, let me be honest, let me be transparent, First. I didn't think I had a book idea. I felt that it was irrelevant. And I was sitting there with my dad one morning. It was Thanksgiving morning. He asked me, said, son, I think you should write a book. I said, dad, no, I don't think I should actually. (laughs) Because nobody wants to hear from me. I don't think I have much to share. I don't feel that there's much there. So no, not right now. I don't think so, dad. And I just felt my dad was affirming me and wanting to encourage me there because that's what parents do. You know, parents want to tell you everything that sounds great and just hype you up. I was like, thanks, dad, but no thanks. And then eventually he began to keep affirming me, like I was saying we need to do with others. As he began to affirm me, and then he began to share with me, I'm not sure how old I was at the time. He said, son, you're, we'll say 23. It's like, son, you're 23 at this time. There are people who have maybe lived 22 years or a little less than you, who still don't understand the level of experience that you have in your own life. So I think you could share that message with them. And the more he began to say it, the more began to resonate. And from there, then I began to think about all those times where I worked for a nonprofit, where I was waking up doing self service, volunteering. Other times where I worked at retail stores, and I had a bad attitude, and then my manager had to check me and say, "Jonathan, your attitude sucks." I began to, you know, think about other times I had to be determined when I wanted to get jobs. Other times when you know, I volunteered at summer camps. So then, seeing all these things where we began to break down, being respectful, we began to break down, being determined being a professional, being a role model, being a giver, and all these other various principles that I felt are pivotal to individual success. And so then I said, well, my dad might have, have a point. <laughs> so let me go ahead and, and begin to work on this project because I think that all the principles in the book, honestly, if you just strike the word millennial out the title, applies universally to anybody mm. anywhere. Mm. Also, Another piece that we added within the book is we added self-reflection questions at the end of each chapter. So after you read about being determined or after you read about being respectful, then we have questions that you take the time and then you can reflect as you're answering them and you have to look in the mirror and you have to really identify who am I and where am I as far as these principles go. So that was really, for me, self-reflection because that was one part that really hit me when I was going through the process of writing the book. And also, I always enjoy challenging people as well. Just like I said, asking who would be a few people that you could identify and ask them what's your gift or where you could work on, what areas of opportunity there are in your life. So those are questions that we have throughout the book just to challenge people and to really stretch people because we know that's where growth occurs.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I wanna challenge you to uh, take some time and shout out your dad, but I think you talked about the process and, you know, aptly titled book, but also the self-reflection. And I know that's a huge part in truly unlocking your gift and allowing your gift to make room for you and shift you to new levels. So before you shout out your dad, I just want you to talk about what was the biggest shift you've seen by unlocking your gift? Wow, Hmm. the biggest gift that I've seen so
1: far would have to be the ability to connect with people in a very real place. Um, Bernard, like, you know, our coach, Kendall Ficklin, <laughs> Sir Kendall Ficklin, he always challenges us to really share our story and really be transparent with people. It's funny because in my book, I talk about being forgiving. Even speaking of my dad, there was a point in time after I published the book, after he helped me as well publish the book, but I had resentment towards my father. And a lot of people don't know that because I've had a lot of respect for my dad. You know, he was a provider, but he was also more so authoritarian. And there was a point in my life where we bumped heads and there was a wedge between my father and I, and I was really upset with him. And until earlier, 2017, me and him then took the time and we had a coming to Jesus meeting because I was like, dad, you've made me mad about this. And when I was a little bit younger, I was holding on to this for so long. So the biggest shift has occurred there, really understanding what it looks like to truly forgive and what it looks like to really love. And now me and my dad have the best relationship we've ever had. But before us working together, I don't think that would have occurred. And it happened through the process of us working on my book, which was really amazing because he helped me get it published. Well, I hired him and then he helped me get it published. (laughs) And then from there, you know, now we've been able to work together. Now we've been able to have uh, open conversations. Now we've been able to be just clear, honest, and really transparent with one another. So that would be one of the biggest shifts, I would say, that's happened through uh, this book writing process and I think has really shifted the trajectory of of our lives as well as uh, his business and mine.
0: Wow, powerful, powerful story. Now, I am talking with Jonathan Jones. Make sure you head over to his IG, Jonathan Jones Speaks. Follow him. Follow him on YouTube as well, Jonathan Jones Speaks. One thing that I love about just this conversation and sharing is I'm starting to hear more of your journey, more of your process. And I want to talk about your podcast, the Speak Your Success podcast, and make sure that you guys are following Jonathan's podcast. I love many of your topics and and just your way of kind of being in your face, but allowing space for us to truly ask ourselves if this something that we're going through as well. Like in episode six, you talked about having a dream isn't good enough, the MLK tribute, and I thought that was brilliantly... Presented just because again, surface positivity is in. So many of us is like, Yeah, I have a dream. I see myself. And we're like, But your work doesn't look like anything (laughs) you're telling us you're dreaming about. And you just really present, you know, some ideas around just truly doing the work. And I think we all needed to hear that. And then in episode 13, It's okay not to be okay. Again, brilliantly presented because I think. Again, we all put on this mask of surface positivity, and you were like, look guys, we have to be who we are, both mountaintops and valleys, and then truly just keep going. You're gonna hit speed bumps, you're gonna have those moments where there is a pothole, but there's no reason or no excuse to make that be where you can. How are you aligning your your podcast subject matter? And are you just pulling from your life experience and then just using your gifts as a speaker, as a writer, an author, to then polish what you're releasing? What does that process look like for you? Wow. First and foremost, I appreciate you
1: taking the time to listen because I'm I'm definitely grateful anytime anybody listens. And I'm just really appreciative just to have those opportunities. When it comes to pulling the topics for the podcast, Every time before I even do the podcast, I always make mention, if people would like to make suggestions, please send those in, submit those to my email, jonathan at jonathanjonespeaks.com. But outside of what people submit, honestly, I sit and I reflect. I begin to reflect because initially I wanted it to be an entrepreneurship podcast. And that's why I started with it being Jonathan Jones Speaks Podcast. But after some time and after we continued to grow the podcast, then I wanted to shift it to Speak Your Success in order to be successful in life as a whole, we need a lot more tools than just entrepreneurial tools, which mm-hmm. are great skills. But in order to live a balanced life, we need to understand things about, another episode I talked about was being, healthy relationships. You know, another thing I talked about was why we need to be determined or what is your why? So pulling topics, it comes from my personal experience, as well as I listen to the audience and I listen to what they like hearing. And then from there, we, we really build on that. And I always, I always like to take the time to give application. Because like you were talking about surface positivity is easy to say, yes, 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 let's go get it, rah, 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 rah. Let's be great, let's do all these things, but how do I get there? Mm. You know, just like we know when we all go to the mall, we see the X that says you are here, and then we see where we're trying to get to, and then we have to line up the steps from point A to point B in order to get to our destination. So yeah. I like to give those application pieces. And then I like to leave people, you know, with just like a quote of the week, just something that people can take time, reflect on and encourage themselves with. So the answer to your question, long roundabout way of saying answer to your question, I enjoy pulling from personal experience and I enjoy pulling flawed areas in my life because I think this is places where we can all identify and unite together to see that one, we're more alike than you think. Mm -hmm. Two, adversity happens and we face struggles, but three, through application, we can get to where we need to go.
0: I love that. I love that. Take some time one more time to tell our listeners where they can email you some topics so that they can also be a part of the conversation and plugged into your community as well. Excellent.
1: You can email me at Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at Jonathan Jones Speaks, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-J-O-N-E-S-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And you can send topics there or you can just go to speak your success on Instagram and you can DM us topics and we'll definitely take note of those and even give you a shout out for the topic.
0: Appreciate that. Uh, Yes, sir. Now for a while, I've been calling you JJ, but you have three J's.
1: What is the middle (laughs) name? Very, very true. My middle name is Joseph. So I'm Jonathan Joseph Jones. Oh, wow.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Love it. Love it. You mentioned, Briefly that you look for those areas where in your life you can strengthen yourself and while on your website Jonathan I was reading some of your blogs and I love this one personally it really resonated with me the blog topic was stop giving discounts now I'd love you know to just have a, a brief conversation about what triggered that post and what has the growth been since that post in just your personal journey while you're negotiating
1: (laughs) well personally with me having a passion for speaking and with me to eventually pursue speaking full-time to where this is one of the only things i'm able to do or i look forward to doing just speaking is i I came from a place where i was so excited i I would just go wherever i'll say yes i'll speak yes i'll speak i'll drive all the way across town and i'd speak to anybody i'd speak to two kids three kids four kids And granted, once again, I still don't believe that there's anything wrong with that. But there comes a point in time understanding that whatever our business might be, we have to look to monetize first.
0: Mm.
1: And, And I'm saying monetize being first because, of course, for me, the overall picture is impact. So impact is truly the first point. But then monetize would be 1A. Because if we don't seek to or even ask that question, you know, is there an opportunity for, uh, do y'all have a budget in place to pay for a speaker or to fund a speaker or maybe just cover their travel? If we never ask that question, then one day we'll look up and we'll be at the same location and we'll see them paying somebody however many dollars and you'll sit there twiddling your thumbs and be upset, but you never asked the question. Right, right. So throughout my journey, I've learned to first ask the question and see are there funds in place And if they say, well, no, Jonathan, we don't have funds in place. We can't do that. Then I or whoever the individual is has the ability to make the decision. Will I be able to take on this or can I take on this or would this not be the best place to share my message? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes we might just want to go everywhere, speak everywhere, but it might not, like you're talking about earlier, align with our message, might not align with our audience. And the message or the word we're bringing might fall on deaf ears because This isn't geared at our audience Mm. versus finding those people, what you're talking about earlier, you asked me what problem I solve, finding those people who I can help them solve their problem or I can solve their problem is the areas I need to be. But overall I've learned to ask that question as well as I've learned how to negotiate instead of going in and always looking for to get paid every time. Mm. Hey, pay me, pay me, pay me. But now I'm I'm at a place where I'm willing to negotiate a a little bit, depending on what we agree on, depending on what the need is, whoever this individual is. And as I've been able to go through this process, depending on what I've learned, that there were areas I was discounting myself, Mm -hmm. where I was discrediting and discounting myself before people even answered that question. I I would just go in with the mindset of, oh, no, they're not going to pay, or they're not going to do this, they're not going to do that, so I'm not even going to ask for it oh, I'll just give away this. I'll just give away whatever. I was just giving away stuff and I was giving away things and I was giving away time when I could have been more intentional as well as more diligent as far as taking the time, sitting down with them, seeing what the need is and then seeing if they have funds to back that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that you just showcase the growth, the path to this realization because the last thing we need is you to lose momentum, because there is more free than fee in your process. And there is a burnout. And I love what you said, you're measuring your impact. So a part of that impact is making sure that not only are you breaking even, but there is a profit margin as well, so that you can continue to improve the product, improve the brand and take the message to those who need it where they're at. Mm -hmm. I am talking to TEDx speaker best-selling author and podcast host Jonathan Jones uh, Jonathan I just want to switch the conversation a bit to the millennial minute and I love that you are truly tapping where millennials find themselves to learn from others so you you know from your podcast to your website to Instagram you are meeting millennials where they're at and having the conversations with them in those places one of your recent episodes, All Help Isn't Good Help. Mm. Again, very spot on, relevant, a bit in your face for a, a Jonathan Jones message, but I think a very relevant message as well. What was ultimately the events that led up to this All Help Isn't Good Help?
1: Hmm, wow, wow. I, I honestly, wow, I forgot about that episode. I definitely enjoyed that topic because I was working with some young men at that time when I shared that message. And I began to once again, like I said, I reflected on my own life because I think that's really important. Before I share any message, I always reflect on my own life and see where was I in that space, and then ultimately I piece it together to where I can share. But all help isn't good help was I've realized that oftentimes I've allowed people to have stock in my life. And I've allowed people to have stock in my business who didn't invest anything. Bernard, <laughs> wow. people didn't invest anything, but they were quick to tell me you need to do this. You should change this. And one thing I love that my dad always says, advice always requires permission. And I never gave these people permission to freely share their opinions to me. And I mean, granted, if I ask for your opinion, then I value it and then I would like to hear it. But if I didn't ask, I don't need you sharing it. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. I mean that in the nicest way possible. I think that that's a place where we are because people are like, Bernard, you should do this in your business. You need to do that. You need to do this with your podcast. And then you look up and this person doesn't have a business. This person doesn't have a podcast. This person doesn't know anything around this space. But yet they're trying to, like Kendall always says, they're trying to give you constructive criticism and they've never constructed anything. So that was really where that topic came from. And just understanding that people are quick to tell you what should happen, what needs to happen, but you never asked. So that's why I said all help isn't good help because if you don't have any experience or you don't have credibility around the subject and I don't ask you, then is your help really helping me or are you distracting me because you're giving me something I didn't ask for, nor that I may not even need.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think we need, to remember that no is a complete sentence and Mm. and it's okay to deploy no more often (laughs) because big picture zooming in, our stop doing campaigns are better than our continue to say yes campaigns and now we're stretched thin and our impact goes down. And I think you Mm. you kind of touched on that as you broke down just the topic and and why it resonated so deeply with you. I wanna just ask you this, How is the No Complaints campaign going? Saw that on your IG, thought that was brilliant. Love to hear a little bit of the backstory and just see where that's going as well. Mm
1: -hmm. No Complaint campaign, I'm still pushing the No Complaint campaign because I just believe what it's all about is like I alluded to earlier about the manager said, your attitude sucks, your attitude's terrible. That's where it was birthed from when I was working at a retail location out here in, in Dallas. And during that time, once again, self-reflection rears his head, and I wasn't ready to self-reflect. She said, your attitude's terrible. I said, no, it's not. Your attitude's terrible. <laughs> I asked around, of course, because I was working with a few of my friends at the time. I asked my friend Josh, said, Josh, is my attitude bad? He said, yeah, bro, your attitude's pretty bad. I asked my friend, I said, Miguel, do I really have a bad attitude? He said, wait, are you talking about on Tuesday or are you talking about throughout the rest of the week? Because on Tuesday, Tuesday nights, you we went to church. On Tuesday night, we went to church. And (laughs) so he said, no, on Tuesday, you're really positive, man. But the rest of the week, your attitude, you know, your attitude is pretty bad. And I said, man, Miguel, just ring up these jeans, man. Just ring up these jeans. You don't know what you're talking about. Went home and reflected. And then I saw within myself that I was more ungrateful than not. And after seeing that, I had to see and realize that being positive is what it was all about because I have it so much better than a lot of other people If I laid out my cards on the floor with all my problems and then you laid out yours and everybody else laid out theirs, whatever, I would probably pick my problems back up because you never know what other individuals are going through. And somebody is going through problems bigger than yours. And we're complaining about not wanting to do so-and-so at a job. So I realized that after some time, I realized that I would be best suited just to leave the job because I was burnt out in that space. Mm. And I felt that my gifts could be utilized elsewhere. I didn't quit the job because of my manager because she was helping me and she challenged me to see some other things. But that was where the No Complaint campaign was birthed to help people see the positive side of things and to really challenge them there. But that, the, the No Complaint campaign is, is, is still going well, still going strong, just continuing to encourage people from here to across the world. I've seen some people tag us and make mention of our posts in Africa and different places like that. So it's, it's going pretty well.
0: Powerful, powerful. I'm gonna read this and then I would love to hear your thoughts on it. One of your posts you have, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn and relearn. Alvin Toffler. And in your comment, you, you said, let us unlearn our bad practices, which have caused us to operate in a mediocre mind frame. Now let us challenge ourselves to be strengthened and to grow to insurmountable heights as we begin to create things that we can't even imagine? Hashtag passing on the process. What triggered that for you? What made that resonate uh, for you?
1: Wow, Bernard, you are pulling some things that, (laughs) you're pulling some gems, this is good. (laughs) This this is good, I'm enjoying this. What really challenged me to pull that was, there was a point in my life, or there were points in my life where I wasn't aware that there was areas I could have grown in until now, now I'm looking back with having a coach and being joined in a community and being a part of a group called G-Men and just being around phenomenal leadership to where you're surrounded by people who are motivating you to be great and they're not motivating you and pushing you just so that you can be great or they're not just pushing you like when we think of somebody going against their will but -hmm. they're pushing you by them leading by example. And by seeing other people lead by example, you're motivated and you're driven to follow suit. Because in this group, I'm connected with men who are married, I'm connected with individuals who are newly married, I'm connected with entrepreneurs, and I'm connected with my captain, Mr. Bernard here, and helping me unlearn bad practices. Because before I would sleep in till 10, till 11 throughout the week, now I'm at a point and at a place in my life where I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning, morning. which is ridiculous. Which is, which is ridiculous, but now I'm seeing that all those things that I would make for my list that I'd begin to start checking off at 10 o'clock in the morning, now I'm done with those things at 10 o'clock in the morning and I have the rest of my day to be effective. I'm learning to unlearn things that I thought were the norm. And I'm realizing that being mediocre for me and wanting to be a phenomenal speaker and wanting to empower the masses, I can't do that operating in a mind frame that I was previously living in, waking up at 10, because waking up at 10, first of all, I'm two hours behind the average individual if they're not waking, because if you talk about women, they wake up a little bit earlier to get to work for their eight to five because they do do a little bit more hair, a little bit more, whatever. But I've realized that I I can't keep operating in old behaviors expecting new results. Right. That's just not how it works. Right. So that's definitely been something that, that's driven me to unlearn some things as well as for the, the simple fact of me wanting a family, me wanting a wife, me wanting these things. There are some areas I have to look at in my life that I was doing when I was in college. Like I talked about on my my last episode, episode 13, it's okay not to be okay. I was discussing how I was promiscuous, Mm. how I was loose, if you will. Mm. But then I later understood, later being a couple of years, probably my 28 through 30, now I was looking back and seeing that I had to deal with all those decisions. I had to deal with all those hurts, all those hangups. After I went through a couple years of counseling, after I went through a twelve-step biblical recovery program, I realized these things need to be in place. I had to unlearn some behaviors mm. because now this frees me up to now do the work I'm called to do. This frees me up to be able to sit here on this podcast with you and be able to bear my soul. I now, if you ask, whatever questions you ask me, I could share it all. I wouldn't have to hold anything back because I'm free now free from the stuff that I was shameful about. And I Mm -hmm. felt that was hindering me previously.
0: Love it. Powerful. And I thank you for going deep with every um, question and answer moment. I know that I'm pulling on your gifts, but I know that you're gifted and I wanted to make sure I showcase that to the listeners, to the audience. Can we expect more Write Your Worth conferences from you this year? What's the plan there? And also, I know that, you know, you have your speaker Success Tour. Where can we tap in, learn more? Where can we expect you to be so that our listeners are not trying to connect with you last minute, but they can, you know, book some travel, get around you, get around what you're doing, get around your message?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, first, to answer answer your question regarding Write Your Worth, Write Your Worth Tour, we're actually piecing together the tour. Well, the tour actually is in place right now. So the next stop we're gonna be, we're gonna be in Atlanta, Georgia at the end of March, March 30th and 31st. Me and my father, or my father and I were discussing that just last night because we were really excited about a, a specific MC that we booked. I don't wanna drop it right now because we're, we're gonna go through the proper channels, but that's occurring in March, at the end of March. And then in addition to uh, Speak Your Success, the tour, the reason why we rolled out the tour is, this is about to be the first place I mentioned this though, Bernard, Speak Your Success Academy. Mm. Speak Your Success Academy is dropping within the next two weeks. We're putting the final bow on it. We're putting a nice ribbon on it. And we're going to roll out just a platform to help speakers learn what it looks like to speak their greatness and learn what it looks like. will help them understand how they can begin to believe in their gifts and how they can go through the process of what I went through to get to where I am. So I'm, I'm really excited about rolling out Speaker Success Academy. Because now that I've had the the TEDx talk, people always ask me, Jonathan, how do you speak this? Or how can I do this? And people ask for tidbits and information here. So I took all their questions and I put it into a speaker's course. So now we're going to have a speaker success academy course. And like I said, it's releasing in the next two weeks, just to put that final ribbon on there. Because everything is in place. We're just putting together like the landing page. But if you would like to get more information about me, as far as booking, anything like that, then you can go to Jonathan forward slash booking. And then you can submit a request or you can connect with me on, on Instagram and I'll, I'll be receptive to engaging with you on Instagram, but the best way would be going to Jonathan forward slash booking. That way uh, we, we get the information in, we see what the need is. Uh, we get, get my secretary on the phone. She can give you a call and, and we can, we can line that up and we can make that happen.
0: Love that. I love that you are, uh are showcasing the vision, showcasing the brand, where you're going, also showcasing your ability and your want to give back because, again, there's so many people navigating life without a map, without a GPS, without asking those who've been there, done that. And I think what you're doing is you're allowing them to look at your blueprint, look at your notes and learn from your journey, which is definitely going to help them avoid some of the pitfalls and potholes that are along the path, like you said, like discounting who you are, discounting your best self. And I think even in our conversation, you're sharing about writing the book, you're sharing about forgiveness, you're sharing about overcoming some self-doubt, some shame. And now we understand even more why your voice is emerging as someone who clearly sees the work we need to do, but also who knows that you can trust the process. I wanted to share this before I I shift things to you to close us out. I love reading testimonials when people have them on their website. And one of your testimonials says this, and it was very powerful for me. It says, everyone is talking about how millennials are lazy. This one isn't. I have a high respect for young adults who take initiative and carry out their word. I've seen Jonathan Jones push towards fulfilling a calling in his life and I've seen him be faithful with the little things along the way. If you think millennials are bad, wait until we see the side effects of this fully immersed digital generation behind us. They're going to need role models who pioneer a different path, and Jonathan Jones is going to be one of those role models. I believe you are one of those role models as well, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation. But I also enjoyed that because it showcases the vision of everything you talked about your academy your speaking your writing your blogging your vlogging you know it showcases that this is for you more than just a quick fix this is a part of your life's calling a part of your life's journey and before you close this out I'd love to hear who and what we can expect from you in the next five years ten years and then also again remind our listeners where to connect with you remind them where to email you. And I'd love to hear your parting words of wisdom.
1: Well, first and foremost, I want to give you a shout out, Bernard. I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be on the show because I've listened to your podcast and I've heard interviews like the one you did with Nate, Nate Evans, Jr. I believe Evans, yeah. as well as with Blake Simon. I love those interviews and I personally love hearing when you speak because one of the first times I heard you speak when you were sharing some of your story and I froze. I'm just talking, I just froze. Hearing you speak the first time, I was like, wow, this dude here has this, this guy has the gift, hands down. I'm just grateful that to have the honor and have the privilege to, to be on the show. I definitely look up to you, just how, how you're, you're structured, you're administrative, but you also know how to work with people, how to talk to people. And you always look to inspire and really empower other individuals. So I just want to give you those flowers because- Thank you. I personally feel you're a phenomenal individual. And I love, I love what you're doing. And I love for all that you stand for. But what to expect from me within the next five years? Hmm, that's a who. This is going to be somewhat general. But within the next five years, you you can expect to see me do two, three more books, maybe within five years. Also, you're going to look up one day and you're going to see me interviewing some of your favorite individuals uh, throughout on, on my podcast. I, I'm going to take some tips from Bernard here. I'm going to begin to pull on some other individuals on the show or the podcast. But overarching theme is to increase impact. Mm -hmm. Because like I said before, I don't want to have the opportunity to sit down with somebody as they age and they say, I should have did this. Mm -hmm. I would have did this. Why didn't I do that? So the whole goal and the whole purpose is getting into those nooks and getting into those crannies to just ask people questions. Not not even necessarily to challenge, but just ask the question, what are you passionate about? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then following that up with, well, what are you doing about that passion? Because I don't wanna see anybody sit on their gift and I don't want anybody to be able to say, well, nobody asked me, Mm -hmm. what am I passionate about? I wasn't able to identify that because I just didn't know. So I'm trying to get in as many spaces as I can to help encourage our millennials to leverage the information that you know, if it's speaking, If it's you being a designer, if it's you with an app, if it's you with the podcast, launch that baby. If it's you with a book in you, write that book, whatever it might look like. So that's why I even want to roll out the Speaker Success Academy, because through Speaker Success, helping individuals get comfortable sharing their story is is where it it really matters. Because if you're an artist, if you're a podcaster, if you're a designer, people are going to ask you about your story. And if you're in a place to eloquently share that story and effectively share that message, then they're gonna connect with you. That's the biggest piece with Speaker Success Academy. So you, you can see me growing that out. But overall, the goal is using more platforms and using different mediums to increase impact so others can speak their success, believe in their greatness, and create the life and business of their dreams.
0: I love it. I love it, uh, Jonathan. Thank you again for agreeing to share your message with my listeners, thank you for pushing through the personal development and professional development that allowed you to build a brand that we're all being transformed by. And and thank you for being a leader for millennials because as we opened with, we are going to have multiple millennials be presidents one day. And I know with your voice in the space that you will help them tap into their purpose and align with the impact that they can have for all of us here in our country and all over the world. So thank you again for being on the show.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. And I'm definitely looking forward to joining forces with you and we'll make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Well, enjoy your uh, Saturday, JJ. Thanks for waking up super early to do this with me and uh, (laughs) we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Take care.